studio was a big investment. We went in for about 20 something years. And uh, the last time I checked with the guy whom we had worked with right from the very beginning, I said, Barnabas, since we started, how many churches? He said, Pastor Jeremiah, you wouldn't believe it. It's almost verbatim that I'm talking to you about. That's how he said it. And uh, the number of churches that we planted amounted to more than 400 churches. Isn't it amazing? I wouldn't dare claim anything because I didn't go, we go there very, very often, a few times a year, but you're not local. So the nationals did it. So I, I, and I didn't have the habit of claiming names. So they named themselves all kinds of names. None of them were named New Life. I didn't have that concept because if I have that concept, I would look better. <laughs> but the Indian churches somehow did. Uh, call themselves New Life without me knowing it, and say you didn't, you didn't give me any royalty. <laughs> One day they decided to tell me that Pastor Jeremiah translated from the Indian whatever. Uh, it's actually called New Life. In China, they 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 have it in Chinese, but the on the front door is NLC New Life Church. You know that kind of thing, and. Um, there are some churches that I, it's not convenient for me to mention about, so because of the local political situations in those countries, so we'll just skip them. But it's a privilege to be able to serve the Lord. And, you know, the scripture says God can do things much more than you ever think or imagine or ask or think. Well, this, this is a little bit of our story. You never know what God can do with you. I have left my painting for a number of years. I'm just coming back with it. Yeah. I have not held in, uh, in many, uh, many exhibitions also in the last number of years too. Maybe one day I will. Thank you, Lord. I used to hold exhibitions in Melbourne. There's an East End Art Gallery along Chapel Street in uh, uh, Paran or South Yarra. Yeah, almost every year I've had... It, had Exhibition in Canberra, had exhibition in Tasmania, in Adelaide, and I don't know, Sydney as well. Um, never told anybody about it. She is responsible for all these things that came out. I never talked about my art for a long, long time. Anyway, uh, this morning, well, I'm given this this topic free at last and uh, thank you for inviting me and thank uh, thank to Pastor Chris he's over there in the senior leaders retreat uh, thank you for inviting me for being part of that also and ministered there I think that I would have prophesied on almost every one of them out there and I hope that would have been an encouragement to them this morning is a little bit more like a message, okay? So we'll deal with a message. Actually, I'm only going to deal with one verse. And if you like, we will turn to the scripture in uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 45. This particular verse uh, in the NLT, um, 
That's where I'm reading from. I'm reading three verses so that we can get a bit of a context. And with the context, we probably would be able to have a feel of it, a bit, feel of the scripture a bit better. Isaiah 54, verse 1. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. God's right hand. It's a hand of authority, but definitely it's on the spiritual side of things. Because King Cyrus is a secular king. He was a Persian king, okay? Uh, Not a Jew. Used by the Lord for his purpose. And if God wants to do something, he can use anything and anyone. He can even use a donkey. And that's what happened to Balaam, you know? Um, if you read the Bible, um, he will before him mighty kings will paralyze, will be paralyzed with fear. So you can see what kind of character he was. Okay, their fortress gates will be open, never to shut again. Why? Why that? You know. Well, that's because he is such a powerful guy, and uh, you know, at the time Babylon, uh, where the Israel, uh, where Israelites were actually uh, exiled to captivity, uh, was actually under great fortress uh, uh, captivity. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, not protection, but walled in. Okay, so they were in captivity. They were actually uh, under bondage, slavery, perhaps most of them. But uh, the story was good because we also hear stories of. Uh, Daniel uh, and, and his three friends and, um, and how the Lord used them and raised them up for, the, for his purpose in those places. Um, okay, verse 2. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you treasures hidden in darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel. The God of Israel. He's telling a Persian king, okay? And uh, the one who calls you by name. Well, history has, has had it that uh, he, he knew about this even before he was called. Uh, that's what Bible scholars said or, or his, history books said. And uh, somehow when, so the, when the Lord called him, he knew that he was supposed to do what he was supposed to do. And so he responded to the call of the Lord. And that was one of those things whereby we know that uh, he was very powerful and was, any, was able to penetrate any kind of doors. And you'd wonder why would God use a person like that? Because uh, can't God use some Israelites from somewhere? Well, first of all, they are in captivity. They may, maybe they need somebody to help to take them out. Secondly, I think the Lord wants to show something about him, that he is in the business of doing things beyond our box, little, up, little box up here. And uh, I think this is one of those faith things that we have got to learn, to let him do things out of our boxes, our box in our heart, because we have great capacity to limit God either by our traditions, by our culture, by our uh, you know, uh, history of what we know. 
Um, what we know is very important, but sometimes there are things that you don't know. Part of my journey is to venture into areas unknown. Pioneering churches is often like that. And uh, we, we compared notes, and I heard some stories with, from Pastor Roland about how, what happened in, in the, um, Vietnam. You, you didn't tell me the end part of it. Maybe afterwards you can tell me. How, how did, you, how did the, after the interrogation, what happened? Uh, you know, anyway. And I, I shared with him my story when I was in Russia, uh, visited by the... Anyway, don't go into all that, but um, <laughs> it, it's quite exciting. And the other thing, of course, uh, accidentally I stumbled into this prophetic thing, and you are talking to people about them whom you don't know, and you don't know what you're talking about. And yet, when you're into it, you felt like you knew everything about the person. And, uh, and uh, I, 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 I fear to, 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 to figure out sometimes. At the moment I start trying to figure out, I can't flow. So I hope I won't try to figure out too much so that I can flow a little bit this morning. Praise the Lord. Now, um, Okay, I think enough of that, that, that historical bit. I just want to put in context that the main thing that I want to put in context is don't put, keep God in our box, okay? Let him out, out of our box because he can do a lot more things. I'm going to end with that uh, when I pray for you, when I pray with you regarding this idea of free at last. And the main scripture is verse 2. I will go before you, Cyrus, and... Level the mountains, I will smash now gates, smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And uh, I thought this would be a very good verse regarding the title here, Free at Last. Because the, the whole concept, uh, there are things, of, of course, because it's only when things are, 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 are broken down by God. Block the blockage and the, the barriers that are broken down by God, then treasures will rise. And that's why you have this, the third verse there. But that's not where I want to land. Uh, I'll leave that to how the Lord will actually surface your treasures from any darkness that you may have. have. And this morning is quite interesting. Pastor Roland should come forward and, and make that call to pray. And the worship leader have a similar thing, and he talks about yokes and so on. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So let's look at the definition of bronze and iron. And uh, this is easy. You can go. Now, Mr. Google is very helpful. You go and check Google, and you get exact information, all right? And how you, well, the definition of bronze, and the definition of bronze is related to Numbers chapter 21, verse 9, when... Uh, the people, were, were, they suffered a plague and God's instruction was, okay, look at this serpent, uh, the bronze serpent and you will live. Otherwise, you, because they were naughty before and when they were naughty, they were punished by God. And so uh, Moses interceded for them and pleaded for the Lord to, to rescue them and save them from uh, total destruction and God gave him an instruction, okay, make a bronze serpent. And uh, the medical uh, thing has a, has a similar kind of uh, logo. Okay. Um, 
Uh, it represents the, the, the justified human nature of Jesus that was sacrificed for us to remove our sins. And in some places, the word bra, brass, this, uh, the, the brass replaced the word bronze in, in certain translations. And the word brass is also it speaks of judgment. So before you go into the temple of the Lord, the tabernacle, you go through the brazen altar, which is a bronze altar or made of brass, and that's where sin actually gets justified and get judged before. Otherwise, you can't enter into the temple when you worship. And particularly, of course, the high priest, he has to do his bit to make sure that he is right before God before he enters into the Holy of Holies once a year. And um, and if he and he wears a bell, I think you know all these kind of stories, don't you? He wears a bell, and 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 when he's in the holy of holies, uh, they don't know whether he can survive because if he didn't uh, clean himself out sufficiently, he may just die in there because uh, he can't stand. No sin can stand in the presence of the Lord because in the holy of holies. There's the Ark of the Covenant, where, which is where, the, where the presence of the Lord is, besides a couple of other pieces of furniture like the, 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 the candlestick and so on. Okay, iron is a yoke. It's descriptive of a yoke, that did, and uh, it's about hard work. It's about slavery, really. Furnace of iron denotes severe labor, and fetters of iron denotes affliction. The scriptures are there, Deuteronomy and, and Psalm. Um, not really going to turn to it much there. But just re- recognizing that uh, when God told uh, uh, Cyrus that you, I've got an assignment for you, this assignment is to tell him that you are to set my people free. This is the business of God. The gospel essentially is for this. And, and, and you know what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Isaiah, you know. And, and what for? To set the captives free. This is, this is the, 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 the underlying heart of God because in God's mind, in His agenda, was to have a family here on earth that will correspond to what His heavenly family wants to accomplish. He has one agenda. We call it the kingdom agenda. And I was sharing and teaching a little bit in the camp about the concept of the kingdom is a higher concept than the church. When many people are saved and they come into into Christ and they accept Christ as Savior, uh, they enter, they see the church, they enter a church. My young doctor friend here, he, 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 he says he comes here and then check it out. So he's looking at the church and he sees the church. And then after that, he decides to enter into it fully and looks like they have. Okay, praise the Lord. This is a good church. Amen. And um, the thing about it was when you read the Bible, when you're born again, he didn't say that. He didn't say all this. John chapter 3, verse 3, verse 9, it says, when, uh, three, three, verse 3 and 5, it says, when you're born again, you see the kingdom of God. And after that, you enter the kingdom of God. 
But Jesus Christ is coming back for the church because the church is his bride. It is tied in in that Jesus came, he lived, he existed, and he died for the kingdom of heaven on earth, the Father's kingdom. And the, and, and, and the church, which is his bride, is going to be together with Jesus and be of the same purpose, exist for the kingdom. So my dear brothers and sisters, I want you to know that, that you are here today, seated in a church, but we who are leaders of the church are trying hard to cause us all to be the ecclesia, to be the gathering of God's people, such that we will become a company that will cause the Father's mission to be accomplished, and that is to bring heaven down on earth. We thought that after we become Christians, maybe we are on the way to heaven. Well, if that's the case, then we shouldn't be hanging around. We're hanging around to be trained, to be honed, to be set free, first of all, so that we can start our assignment, our purpose, and enter into yours and my kingdom destiny. You have a destiny. And when you know that you have a destiny, it will be more than just coming to church. It will be more than just having God to help me to solve this problem, solve that problem, heal my marriage, bless my finance, and find me a job, and so on. These things are the least of our concerns, but they are the greatest of human anxieties. Anxiety, I'm going to address anxiety today. Because one of these things about setting free today, we are no longer having gates of bronze or bars of iron. Many people are walking on the streets behind invisible bars. And many of us in our churches sometimes have to cause some of these bars to be broken. How many say amen? Breaking ourselves free from things that could have tied us down. Okay. There's a, about talking about freedom, of course you can't but uh, turn to uh, John chapter 8, verse 36. And uh, it talks about, so if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. This is NLT. Uh, the King James would be free indeed. Um, and my question was, how free are Christians and their families in, relation, in their relation to wife and children? Why am I talking about that? That's because I understood that the purposes of God in his kingdom, I'm a church person, I'm a church man, planted churches and have done church for 40 years. Just tell somebody he doesn't look like that. He doesn't look that old. <laughs> While engrossed in trying to do church, the Lord interrupted my journey. Told me that you don't keep doing church and try to just 
abs- totally be absorbed in just only running the church. You've got to make sure that the people I've entrusted you who form the church will be made into and groomed into kingdom people. Because when you groom them into kingdom people, they will be elevated. They will be people that will live out the reality of the verse that they know so well. And one of the verses that I think almost every Christian knows is Matthew 6.33. If you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added to you. But that particular verse has got direct reference to the word anxiety. Hmm? Because that's what it was. When you read Matthew 6.33 and 34.35, it's all about anxiety. And he says, my people, and it's true. Maybe not you, but maybe just the church down the road. No, I don't know. Is there a church down the road? Maybe not. But definitely in my own understanding of church people, many people are in anxiety. In fact, there was one year I made an experiment. For 52 Sundays, I made the same call to pray for people in churches. No matter which country I was in, I prayed for depression. Not one Sunday was I not having to pray for anybody with depression in churches. Some more, some less. People are in anxiety. COVID-19 has caused stress to some people. That this this is a storm that has caught the whole world. But it's the same storm with people traveling in different boats. So same storm, many boats. Some boats are better off, some boats are not so good. Okay? But nevertheless, the challenge that the Lord laid before me was to make my people a kingdom people so that He can have a kingdom church. And when you have people with a sense of destiny and purpose, their faith lives They know that they are not just only living to have the faith to meet my needs, but rather, I'm a person in God's destiny. God will meet my needs. Amen? There's a great difference. And so why would I be wallowing in my anxiety, my my needs and worrying about this and that? But the truth is, If you don't have this sense of destiny, this sense of kingdom call upon your life, you could still be bound and therefore not set free. But the Son of God has come to set us free and whom the Son of God has set us free, we are free indeed, truly free. And so my, my, my question was, truly free? Well, I've I've got some examples here. How free are the Christians? Jonathan Edwards, his family has a fantastic record, very, very interesting. He calls family as little church in a house, in homes. How about that? The home is a church. Oh, by the way, 1960, Vatican II, Vatican II, the Catholics had only two major conferences called Vatican I, Vatican II. Vatican I was long ago, 1800-something. Anybody with a Catholic background? One or two. Okay, I don't know whether you're aware of this. 1800-something was Vatican I when they actually developed the dogma of the Catholic Church that they are still carrying on today. Okay. 
Now, the second Vatican conference was only in 1960-something. That's not too long ago, 50, 60 years ago, or 70 years ago. And, um, and in that particular time, they described, they saw something in the scripture that the family is actually a, a, a central focal point of God's running His church. And so they call it formally. And this, you check it out. Formally, they have, at, uh, what do you call that, term, the uh, family as the domestic church. So if you Google domestic church, it'll come out regarding what the Catholics are, have developed in terms of their doctrine. But it's very hard to do because we have got this whole idea of church, even our church today has got overflow of Roman Catholicism in its essence because we have clergy, we have laity, even though doctrinally as evangelical people, we don't believe in that. Uh, but it's still the same. We're still running the same with full star time staff and, and clergy. But on the other hand, we're still sitting like this. COVID-19 is God's opportunity to bring spirituality back to your home. Would you believe, and can you believe with me, that God wants to upgrade our families spiritually? He wants the home. You know what? I, I had a theme every year, and last year my theme, with, without knowing about COVID-19, I call our group of churches to, uh, every year, I, pro, I would proclaim the theme, and the theme that I, I gave them was heaven in your home. Because somewhere along the line, the Lord showed me that church must be elevated to become kingdom church. My people will become kingdom people. I just said that. Next thing was, there's one agenda that he wants to fulfill. And that agenda was, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the vehicle that he wants to use is this vehicle called family. And you know what? It is family spelled with bigger F and small f. Small f is my home, your home. Big family, this is his family. This is his household of faith. And so you can understand that uh, God wants his thing, not in a, he, not, he doesn't really want things to be done just only corporately and, and just only done with a, a sense of the professionalism and he doesn't want to be uh, just done to, in a way that is structured traditionally in denominationalism and so on. Uh, these are all human management systems that may be necessary. But when you get home, you don't have a denomination at home. When you get home, it is by relationship and it is by fellowship. And relationship is short of the more important element of fellowship. You can be married and in, 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 in title, you have a relationship. But if you are in relationship with a husband and with a wife without the necessary fellowship, the friendship, that element of connection that is beyond just only knowing that you're related to somebody, I would like to think that maybe there could be problems at home. 
when fellowship is missing. When there is no fellowship between father and children, there will be problem. When the, and so, research has shown that the, the majority of societal problems, society, problems in society, is due to broken homes. And more particularly, the dysfunctionality of homes is due to the inadequacy of parents. And push a little bit further. The dad was meant to be used by the Lord to bring the flow of heavenly blessings into this world. And the devil had been working over time to attack fathers. So we have many things that are kind of like comedy, com comedies and comedians making fun of fathers years back. It was an agenda that was already on, on television and so on many, many years. In the 1960s, there was this Archie Bunker. There was this uh, bringing up fathers, this comic books and so on. And uh, yeah, all these things had already started years ago. And you know who suffers? When the father is being derailed in God's purpose, the children suffer. May I say that also that the wives suffer too. And that was when the, when the husband is not able to be into the flow of alignment with the Lord and being empowered by God, everybody suffers. And so I kind of changed my direction a little bit from church planter, from apostolic thing about uh, governance of churches and so on. And then the Lord brought me into the prophetic thing, but it's from the prophetic thing that I, I saw some of these things. I think it's the prophetic thing that I saw. You see, the prophetic thing is by revelation. So you, you see things. So I saw the thing about the family. I saw the thing about the kingdom. And that the kingdom is actually having a focus of the importance of your family. And then from the family, one of the things that I'm on to now is help fathers. Empower our fathers. Encourage them. Don't kill them. Okay? Because the world would like to get rid of family. They would like to kill fathers. They would like to kill children. They have been killing, physically killing children by abortion and so on. Big time. And so we are probably, you know, the, some of the songs that you sang and so on, they are probably more serious uh, than, we, than songs, okay? Talking about enemy. Just now there was one song that talked about the enemy. It's, it's around. But then, like I said to the, our senior leaders from this church, that the devil is up to a lot of things and he's intimidating God's people. But he is in opposition to everything that the Lord knows, uh, uh, does because he knows. But our people need to know. I'm telling you things that we need to know, that you have a destiny. So this free at last is very important to you. Because if you're not free, you won't be able to step into your destiny. And if you, when you are not able to step into your destiny, the devil will have a go at you and at your family and at your, at your children, anything and everything. So it's actually uh, something that he, the devil knows, but God is saying that you let, must let my people know. Because if you don't let my people know, you can't let your pe his people go. Moses was told, was told to, let, to free the Israelites, let my people go. But 
I have, I have got this, I, I, I caught this thing I felt in the Lord before they even know a goal they need to know. Because many Christians don't know. They are not aware that the enemy is around. But the enemy is in opposition to God in all that he knows. The Christians, first of all, must know. Secondly, when after you are aware and you know, you know you are able to do something. Because everything does depend on what we know. Awareness is important. There's so much to talk about. And Pastor Roland, uh, uh, I'm, we had a good chat and I, I, I feel that you know, he, he should be able to, to lead you and, and tell you a lot more. Because some of the things, I, I, I feel that you know, some of us are having great concerns about it. Nothing is by accident. Everything is by design, including the bill that is coming to Victoria that is to come before the parliament next month. This is, this is all designed by the devil right from the beginning, many, many, many moons ago. And so, my dear, it sounds so serious, huh? Pastor Jeremiah, this guy is so serious. He's got a moustache some more. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I don't mean to be that. I was very light-hearted when I was at the camp with, my, with all the seniors. I was prophesying and I was just, everyone was, was just laughing. I hope it was quite uh, light, okay? Uh, I, was, I was prophesying. Some of them was quite deep. So, uh, last night, uh, one lady was just weeping and crying away. But you know what? I, I don't mean to be, to be too serious. But, uh, I, but I, I, I do mean that we should be serious about families, I think we should be serious about our people stepping into God's destiny. How many say amen? Okay. So, uh, and when they do, when they have some idea, this is the result. Jonathan Edwards, what happened? This guy saw something. He wasn't just only a revivalist. This guy has an apostolic vision of the family as a little church. And so, uh, he, he, he was able to... to, to in his line, they had elected officials, governors, senators, vice presidents, scores of clergymen, 65 professors. How about that? That's quite impressive, eh? This is what happens when you know the purpose of God in your life. And this is what happens with your generations after you. You hold a key. You hold an important key to your family now, but you hold the same important key to your descendants, to the generations after you. Praise God. George Barner, he is a research guy in the US, and he said 85% of church-going parents believe that they are responsible for spiritual development of their children, but two-thirds of the 85% parents hand this responsibility over to the local church. In other words, the children's ministry, the Sunday school, and the youth ministry will look after our kids. What happens when COVID comes? Thank God for internet. Otherwise, where would our children be? Where would Sunday school be? Where would youth ministry go to? I think COVID-19 is a little peek into something that may awaken us into a reality about the family coming into alignment 
with God's purpose because I told you, he has a heavenly family. He is Father, Jesus is Son. He wants an earthly, corresponding earthly family called the church, but the church is going to be made up of families. Together forms the ecclesia, the gathering of called out ones. So that when we understand this, we will begin to seek the Lord and receive from the Lord His authorizing, His anointing, His authority for you to be able to function in your functions of the kingdom in your home. Now, my time could be up. What's the time now? You started at 10 o'clock. It's already 11.30. Can you just, is it okay? 10 more minutes, is it all right? I really don't know what time is when, but uh, uh, I live in eternity sometimes. <laughs> but this is reality. Two-thirds of the 85% did not understand, did, are not aware that they have a very vital role in the purposes of God for themselves and for their children. And so they think that the church... But you see, the church only looks after the church children maybe two hours a week. Out of the hundred over hours a week, the rest are at home. And so what do they have? But much of it, they are at school. In 2019, the latest survey in America by Barna Research says the same thing, says a similar thing, that the thing that people ought to be very conscious about is the school education system that is influencing the Christian children. And it is something that the, the American church ought to be aware of. Okay, that's not in here, but it's something that I read, I remember, now I tell you. And, uh, and, and, but there's concern in the West. Uh, uh, there's some uh, scholars say that actually the, 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 the abandonment of Christianity today in the West is because the family factor had been abandoned. And, um, and they see that the, the family is the irre irreplaceable transmission belt to religious belief. This according to the research, okay? So it doesn't sound very Christian, but just use the word religion. But um, anyway, it's an academic kind of thing. And there was a study of 10,000 parents of kids under 18 years. 75% of the moms said family is highest priority. Fathers also said the same thing, top priority, but they are less likely to attribute importance to faith. You know why? Because the fathers felt the burden and the responsibility to produce bread and provide for the family. I am not against fathers today, my dear brothers and sisters. I'm not coming here to bash fathers. No, sir. No, ma'am. I'm coming here to tell you that the church must understand one important thing. Let us help fathers so that they will come and stand in the right position under the Lord. And in that, there will be a blessing to the wife and to the children. And is this going to be natural? No. If you're not intentional about it, it will not be natural in the home. Because this has not been the culture of homes in the world. In the world. 
So if you are having difficulties in your family, if you are having challenges as a father, as a husband, and if you are a, a, a person with challenges in your, in your family as a wife and so on, I hope this ministers to you today. I hope you understand that I think God is now invoking His agenda to restore His earthly family to be able to correspond with His heavenly family so that He will indeed be able to bring kingdom come, will be done on earth as, is, as it is at home on earth. So, in USA, or rather, I just want to, the new, this, is, this guy is a theologian, this is a missionary theologian, New Begin, and he said the West is now a mission field. Why is that so? Now let me just quickly close with this now. Uh, who leads in truly free? I've already told you that there's a, there are surveys enough to, 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 to valid, valid, validate what I'm saying, and um, uh, they, they, they haven't done this away. If the mother brings the children to church and the father doesn't, sorry, if the father and the mother brings children to church, the 33% of the children, in, when they grow up, they will go to church. But if only the mother brings the children to church and the father is not interested, only 3% of the children will land up in church when they grow up. And this particular uh, research is quoted everywhere. Okay, uh, came out published 2000, year 2000. Okay, so it was done maybe 1990 something. Um, there's this scripture that I'm quoting here, Malachi 4 verse 5. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. This could be last days, end times. This is talking about end times. So what, what is he saying? His preaching would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and hearts of the children to the fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. That's a serious matter. What is he saying? It's about relationship between the dad and the kids. And when the dad and the kids have difficulties in relationships at home, and this thing is multiplied many times, God says the land, the nation would be cursed. Hmm. So you wonder what's going on around the world. It's a very messy world today. What was once upon a time Christian nations today, they are hardly. And then there are theologians who say that today the West is a mission for you. What's gone, what has gone wrong? Didn't have they, didn't they, didn't have, don't they have churches? They did. They have cathedrals. They had buildings. What happened to the buildings? Some of the buildings are abandoned in Europe and they are taken over by all kinds of things, business and, and, and apartment buildings and maybe converted into other religious facility apart from Christianity. What is going on today? I'm not chastising anybody. I'm just reporting and describing the situation. But I'm, I'm just bringing an awareness to you this morning, my dear brothers and sisters. If I, if I don't love you enough, I wouldn't come. Uh, but I, I consider Pastor Roland my friend, and if I didn't have a dream of Pastor Chris, I wouldn't have come, because I don't knock on doors so that I can speak on 
If I come, I want to be purposeful. I hope I'm purposeful today. How many say amen? Okay, all right. Uh, and, 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 I, I, and I like relationship, my dear friends. Let me tell you, if you're, I, I'm a long-term guy. Okay, now let me just co- so get, get into this very quickly and close it. I told you that anxiety is a big-time problem. So I, I did some studies and discovered one in, in, interesting fact. And these are people who have done studies and research in Christian context. They understood this, that the family is an emotional unit. We would like to think that the family is a spiritual unit. I've got a little bit of non-Pentecostal background at first when I was converted. Then later on, I moved into a Pentecostal church. After that, it's full-time Holy Spirit. So I believe the Holy Spirit fully. And I trust Him and I love Him and I honor Him. And I, li- I lived and worked and moved in Him. Then I discover in Romans chapter, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, if you want to transform out of the world, you need to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The mind is the realm of the soul. You see, you can be born again in the spirit, but if your soul is cluttered, the realities of the spiritual truths and the principles of reality of God is hindered and blocked from coming up into your experience. And so many Christians actually struggle in their faith and they don't know why. Why is it that the Bible says this and nothing is happening here? The soul is blocked because the families are emotional units that must be worked along with spiritual principles and be released. Okay, I've got no time to tell you a lot more, but I just want to give you the, 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 the word anxiety, which you find in Matthew chapter 6, 34. 1 Peter 5, 7, say, cast your anxieties, cares, uh, to the Lord. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, an anxious heart weighs a man down. And that's what the Bible says. Anxiety, this word comes from a family of words. The Greek origin means throat. It means pressed together. And that same word in capital letter is a Greek god of constraint who presides over slavery. And it's also the same word they refer to yokes. This morning the worship leader was saying the yoke of bondage and so on, the yokes of burden. Well, he didn't know that these are in my notes, okay? And these are rings on the necks of slaves. Yeah. And uh, anxiety holds people by the throat and chains people like, this, like slaves. The related words to this anxiety, it's a family of words, okay? Anger, angst, grief, anguish, narrow, choke, strangle, tighten, tightness, including tightness of chest and dread. So if you have any of these symptoms, it's likely that we need to pray to be set free from anxiety today. This is where I want to land. The aeroplane has landed. I want to ask us to come and think about what's going on with my home, with my family. 
Because if your family is blessed, you are blessed. How many say amen? If you're in peace, you will prosper. You'll be in shalom. But if your marriage is in strugg- uh, struggling, you, you have difficulties. There's a dental uh, a surgeon. You would think that people in the medical field and dentistry and so on, they should make a lot of money. But this fellow is quite broke. And he's quite miserable. Until we begin to deal with these things and then taught him how to pray. And when he finished that, miracles begin to happen. First of all, he himself was set free from all that he had been struggling for years. He's a mature age man in his 60s. Secondly, for all that he's have, he has in his whatever years of married life and family life, he was not, never a happy man. Quite accomplished, maybe in his studies and having a profession, but not doing well. Lost his dispensary, uh, clinic. After when the Lord released him, miracle began to happen. We talk about miracles today. That miracle didn't just come spiritually. It came with him being set free first. And when he was set free, you know what happened? Somebody bought him a practice. Gave it to him for free. Hallelujah. A 70-year-old man, stroke patient, deteriorated and developed double vision. And then went through this process of dealing and understanding that the, emo- the memory files, the emotional memory files that had been in us, every one of us have memory files of whatever that could have happened. No matter how deep you could have buried them, their files are still there until you get rid of your emotional memory files through prayer and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you do, when the files are removed, the Holy Spirit can do His miracle. So this 70-something-year-old gentleman was feeling the encumbrance, the the difficulties of being a stroke patient and now can't see things clearly, can't read the Bible clearly, can't even watch TV properly. And then was ministered by, my bro- by a brother along these lines. After praying and after teaching him how to pray, he went home one night watching TV together with his wife. He wasn't really interested but sat along with his wife he discovered that he could watch the TV quite well. The double vision, no more. Went to check the eyes. This is Melbourne, okay? This is Melbourne, all right? And went back to check his doctor to check his eyes. The doctor said, hey, what happened? This is like a miracle, you know? That's what the doctor said. It's like a miracle. I don't understand how come your eyes could be restored like that. And he got his miracle. Hallelujah. We talked of a miracle this morning. Eh? Shall we come into a place and say, Lord, help us? Amen. The prayer is very simple. What are the things that are burdening? You see, what happened with this man when, the, when we were dealing with his emotional file, memory file? The Holy Spirit 
the wonderful Holy Spirit brought him into memory of something, a trauma that he suffered when he was very young. Decades ago, as a young boy, he was raped. But he coped. And he had been to war. He had been a brave man. He braved through history. His 70-something years of history in life. But he was a man that was walking on a limp. But the compassion of God reached out to him with a divine encounter to remove his emotional memory file. Now this is how you're going to pray. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. What are the things that are burdening you? This thing will not be accomplished. I just tell you the procedure. You might have to go and do it at your home. At home, I will pray with you. And if, uh, if the Lord's grace and anointing is here for me to do it with you, you can be set free here. If not, it's your homework. Ask the Lord, help me and identify. You see, in the whole process of hurts and, and wounds and so on, sometimes we have wounds called father wounds because you feel that this was afflicted by you due to a, a father, in, uh, the, the father in the, in the home that has been maybe not this and not that according to your expectation. Or it could even be a mother wound. Or it could be a wound from your husband, a wound from your wife. Don't underestimate. Wives, you can cause wound to your husband too. Don't think that only the husband is causing wounds to you. Because your husband is as much of an emotional creature as anybody else. But you need to go and you need to take responsibility of the pains and the emotions that had been upon you for years. And go to the Lord and repent before God. But then you say, Pastor Jeremiah, it's not my fault, you know. This fellow afflicted all these things on me. Yes, I understand. God understands too. But you see, when you have allowed the file, the emotional file to be created, you have to take responsibility for it. If you want to keep it for the rest of your life, actually it's your choice. Repentance is to make a decision to turn away from bad choices. Setting free is about choices that will release you from a bad memory file. Take responsibility for it. That's what happened when this particular man took responsibility for his emotions due to certain hurts that has blocked his life for 60-something years of prosperity. And the Lord turned things around when he took responsibility for it. I got many testimonies, all right? Many stories about how people are being set free. The Holy Spirit has to work with your soul because transformation begins with a renewal of mind. It's the realm of your soul. But it's in alignment with the truth, the Word of God, which is spirit and life. Repent. Nail it. Ask the Holy Spirit to nail what is the issue. Only the Holy Spirit can do that for you. There is no 
man of God, so special. I respect the prophetic gift. I respect the Holy Spirit. I honor him. I love him dearly. But it's about time for us to go to the Lord ourselves. How many say amen? And let the Lord himself show you what you have to take responsibility for and repent before God. Maybe the word repent is not very popular in popular preaching nowadays, but I'm an old school. Actually, I'm not old school. I'm just being biblical. Upon your repentance, you say sorry to God. Ask the Lord to forgive you. When you come to this particular stage, something happens. You must have confidence that when you would come to a place of repentance and saying sorry to God, take responsibility of something about the load, the yoke, something about the gate of bronze or the bars of iron, it breaks at that point in time. But the second half of this prayer is to let go of the very thing that you have been carrying for years. But not only letting it go, you've got to let God work out the results. Don't tell God what to do. Don't tell God, change my husband. Don't tell God, change my wife. And don't change a wife. Don't tell God, chase out the children. Go, go, go. You're 18 years old. He needs the inheritance that you are supposed to pass down to you, to him. If you cut them off, he misses out of God's inheritance for you and you for him or her. It's a big deal, eh? Didn't expect that this Pastor Jeremiah here come with come a message such as this, but I'm quite serious about getting our people free. Amen? I hope it's okay today. Is that alright? Send to your feet and I'd like to just pray for you. Father, I want to pray for this wonderful bunch of people and whoever that are watching the videos and maybe streaming somewhere else in another part of the church. I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that this word would minister. This word will shed light there will be an illuminating that will take place in our hearts today that will cause us to have a handle of something. I pray, Lord, that this morning is not a wasted morning, but it's a divinely appointed morning that, Father God, your people are going to be set free today in Jesus' name. It's divinely appointed, Father God, that our people are going to be set free in their souls and their souls are going to be working in conjunction with their mind as well as their emotions so that transformation takes place and that the word of the Lord which is word, which is spirit the word of God which is spirit will be able to release them spiritually from all bondage and the work of the devil defeated for good the devil may be bringing opposition to God's people, but the devil is not opposite to God. He has got no, he doesn't qualify to stand opposite to God. He is not face to face with God. He is below. He is under. And his opposition can be of no avail when our people are set free. And so, Father God, let our people be free indeed and truly free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Holy Spirit, 
I invite you to intervene in all of us or any one of us who would take the trouble to respond to this message today to work with you and see themselves set free and see the miracle arrive. I pray, Father God, that you would help us in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. Amen, amen, and amen.